Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, as all of you have figured out by now, I am all about self-care, that that comes first. And then we spend the rest of our time making sure that everyone else is doing okay. Like our kids, that our kids are active and well-nourished or in a happy place and not dealing with bullies or anxiety or stress. And yet, statistically, we also need to be putting in that same effort and thought towards the opposite spectrum with our aging population. As of 2016, there were more Canadians over the age of 65 than there were under the age of 14. Our society's challenge now is the urgency to which we need to be proactive about the fact that we are living longer. We are living much longer. So today we're focusing on being proactive and understanding what lies ahead in senior care for you and for your loved ones, from care navigation to education, financial planning, downsizing, relocation, consultants, outlets, specialists, and the list is going on. So joining me from AgeWell Solutions is their founder, Jennifer Moyer, and I'd like to welcome her and welcome all of you to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing, and for more information, you can always go to extensionmarketing.com. Jennifer, great to have you here. Fantastic to be here. I am... I'm excited about this subject, uh, a little apprehensive about this Mm -hmm. subject. You know, you don't want to offend, you don't want to kind of be off topic. And yet, when I was looking at the the statistics, we really are dealing with a much larger aging population, especially with those baby boomers now, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The face of society is changing, right? If you start to look around at our population, and we're going to continue to see that, it is it's literally changing before our eyes. So so many more older people, you know, that grave way that gray wave mm-hmm. is like present. We can visually see it and there's lots of other things happening in society to accommodate it, but it, it's happening. You know, yeah. I, I as you just said that the gray wave, I have a really funny story. I was I was actually at to my daughter's track and field meet, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, right? Cuz yeah. we were talking it towards the end of school and I, I was able to get there, right? When you're working out of the house and, and other things. But my mom came mm-hmm. and my mother-in-law happened to be in town. Mm-hmm. And they were sitting there and they were watching. It was like everybody had silver gray hair. And my mom said, wow. She goes, this is a stands full of grandparents. Like all the grandparents, the parents were working. And it, she's like, there were, it was silver hair everywhere Everywhere. and it was like young grandparents that were out and active and supporting their kids but it was so evident that everyone there was a grandparent yeah absolutely it was was quite funny it's great to see we want to be this this is a positive outlook Mm -hmm. i think we're trying to be able to do that so people we're not we're not trying to scare we're trying to be proactive yeah and empower right Empower. empower And look at the possibilities. I guess I I truly do get excited about the possibilities of aging today. Never to be naive about the challenges because there's lots of challenges that go with growing old. But I don't know if you've heard the saying before, you know, growing old is a privilege denied to many. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that never get the chance to grow old. So growing old is, is a gift. 
um, we're longevity this day and age is such that you know we could spend a quarter, a third of our lives as an older adult, right? We can definitely be those those grandparents you just described in the stands, participating, being active, doing all the things that they've saved up to do. For sure, that's that kind of a, a bit of a sweet spot in there mm-hmm. if you're if you're fortunate. And then there is going to be a period of time where you're going to need the support of other people. And that's okay, right? It's okay to to be focusing on family and looking to others to help you, but you still have a role to play in like your own responsibility to make sure you are aging well, to make sure you're setting the table for a good aging experience. Um, and I, I tend to look at the possibilities or I try to and try to communicate that to my to my clients because they're apprehensive, right? They're they're fine. They're they're are they in denial? I mean, it, well, listen, if they're mm. talking to you, they're not in as much denial because they've sought help. They've Sometimes sought the experts. <laughs> Sometimes it depends who has sought my help, right? Because oftentimes it will be the adult children that are worried and they're like, OK, I we really need you this independent voice, maybe without some of the relationship dynamics that come with families, right? That's natural. That's normal. And they need somebody else to come in and try to bring this, get this topic out there and normalize it. So that those individuals are sometimes in denial, right? And then there are the others that are like, you know what? I never want to lose control. I want to make the decisions. I don't want to be a burden on my family. Um, I want to have a say. And so help me get organized. Help me to be thinking about what I need to know. You know, and, and so that that's the proactive side. Okay. So when you yeah. were when you describe then age well solutions, how do you describe it to people? What is it that you offer? Um so you know, age aging well, first of all, I I always say whatever age and stage of adult life you are, you want to age well. Right. So if you're a young senior, you know, you want to age well. If you are a middle aged senior, you know, like 80, 85, you want to age well. And if you're 95 and, you know, having mobility, it doesn't matter. You still want to age well wherever you are. Right. So it applies to everyone. Uh, age well solutions itself, we, we do look at some of the, we look at accommodations specifically because we know living environment. There's a very close link between a person's wellness and if they're thriving in their living environment or not. And sometimes a person's palace, right, their home can become a bit of a prison after a certain period of time, right? So we know that if we can find the right fit for people in terms of where they're living, and this place is supporting their lifestyle, supporting their needs, they can continue to thrive quite well there, right? So we... We look at that specifically as well as care navigation, which is about keeping people at home longer, right? That's the first choice of people. Everyone will tell you you want to be at home as long as I possibly can. I get it. I would want that too. Who's kidding who, right? But you try to be realistic in the sense that, well, you know, as much as I love my home, sometimes there's a point in time where a change is really in my best interest, my family's best interest. And if I want to continue to have quality of life and control, right, instead of this is being proactive as opposed to crises management because that's the that's the alternative sometimes for people, right? So we really work closely with people to help them understand, you know, is is where they're living still the best mm-hmm. place for them? And when and if and ever you need to make a change, what type of place would you go to? 
right? And just try to give them the information so they, they, make, they can make their own decisions. I think right? though, yes. <laughs> and I'm smiling because I look at the family dynamics in these situations, mm. right? So yeah. my mother-in-law is 80, 82, 83, mm-hmm. um, living on her own for quite some time mm-hmm. in a, in a con, you know, in the condo. And she couldn't pack her bags fast enough when there was a spot that opened in a retirement home that she'd been waiting to get into, right? right? Like she had the whole house packed, packaged, everything. She was literally standing (laughs) at the door waiting with her suitcases, waiting for the call to be able to go just because there was the loneliness factor. She, Mm. She just finally felt like she was just alone in the environment. Like, so the house that she, yeah. when you talked about kind of felt like a prison, right? She needed the interaction right. of people and she had like researched and she'd done everything and she was like all in and is yes. so excited. My mom, on the other hand, the threat of us putting her in a, in a retirement home, like, she, you know, coming she's from the, it yeah. is like, no, like she's young. Right. But the yeah. discussion is you would never do that to me. Right. Mm. Hers is. This is like you. I will be with you, and right. we will be with the family. You know. So I have one side of the family. I'm like, she can't wait to get there fast enough. Right. And then I have that. Not I love my mom, but like that yeah. guilt of you would yeah. never do that to me, right? right? So you have to understand the family dynamics and the family politics and stuff too. Like I can just imagine how many scenarios. Oh, there's that tons, that, right? that you that would would come into this. Okay, so I I have this. I love doing a backstory, right? Because how do you end up? In this, mm. in this field or in this aspect of what it is that you're doing now. Yeah. Well, we oftentimes arrive in places we don't expect, right? And it's just sort of the way the path went and you follow it and you go through cer- certain doors and, and so forth. So in the grand scheme of things, it's quite natural, right? For 10 years, I worked in financial planning and I specialized in future healthcare planning. Okay. So I was always having conversations with people about you know, how am I going to cope and what am I going to be able to afford and what resources am I going to be able to access when and if and ever I have a sudden change of health or I just, I grow to be one of these 105 year old people that needs a lot of help. Like I, I want to still take care of myself and I don't want to be, how, help me get organized, help me plan ahead so I have resources. So I did that for 10 years right? In the, in a financial planning environment. So it was a fantastic education as well in terms of, okay, what does this public system provide? What is the cost in the private realm? Uh, if we combine all of those factors together, how does this, what does, what does a person's ability to pay their way or have some options? It's all about options, right? Along the way. So we would do a lot of planning like that. Um, you know, as it would go, my role was dismantled. You know, one day you find out that what I do is no longer something they they have dedicated or created a role for. And it's like, okay, uh, and that's fine. So at that point in time, I actually went and joined a national home health care company. So it was really interesting, Leanne, because I went from the planning perspective to the what and if and ever, as I say, to, mm-hmm. you know, the rubbers hit the road. We're now working with individuals and families who have experienced that change in health, who are just really aged and have a lot of the complications that go with it. They're at home. They're trying to stay home. So we delivered a lot of care. We educated about what they were entitled to or what they could purchase if they chose to do that. So that was eight years of seeing you know, how people are coping or not coping. Do you find that you did well with the first 10 years of thinking ahead to the clients that you were then dealing with for the next eight years? 
Did I do well? Like, like, do you find that the information that you had in the 10 years of working in the financial planning of all of this translated? Like, could you see how the work that you would have done would have benefited some of these people and how the, how people who didn't have that, it was detrimental that they were, they were struggling. Absolutely. And I, and I still see it, right? I see people that have choices and they have choices because maybe it was, a career they had and they had had a pension that went with it, but they were strategic in planning ahead and they didn't stick their head in the sand. And they, a lot of them would have had a reference point in terms of a family member had gone through it. They watched a neighbor got, go through it and it got them thinking, right? So they were active planners, right? And they had resources and they weren't necessarily afraid of the topic. I mean, everyone's a bit apprehensive naturally. I mean, who really wants to ever have to have rely on others for help, but I did see it translate, right? I could see the different experience, the different stress levels, the different way a caregiver moves through that scenario when they know they're okay because they've done some planning around it or they know what their options are. Mm -hmm. At least you know you have an option and you know what it is because you've been paying attention, right? Or you've had the time to contemplate you know, what if that, you know, I'm right. moving towards that spot. Or having the proper mindset to have made the choices as to what they wanted when they were cognitive yeah. of the choices they wanted yeah. to make. Well, you know, living your life, right? Living your life, this is a journey and there are different life events along the way. I always see growing old as a life event, right? And just like we plan for other life events, Right. Whether it's going to be buying your first house or having your first child or maybe it's a career change and you have to ramp up to that and get a specific education, whether it's retirement. Those are life events you actually have to do some planning around in order to execute them well. Right. In order to be able to afford that child, send them to school, get that house you want and be able to afford it. Retire when you want with the means and the lifestyle you want. Aging and growing old and needing extra care or resetting the table to accommodate your needs as a life event, because it's, you know, short of not having the privilege to grow old, right? For whatever you are likely this day and age, you are likely to grow very old, right? And so you need to plan. And I, and I see the difference now between those that have the right mindset, have normalized the conversation with their family that can have a, a good conversation, have, I always say, have a, have a robust library. They've kind of been collecting names along the way. Or what do you do? Oh, you could help me with that. Okay. Nice to know into the library it goes because you want to have access to resources that can help you when you need them. You sure don't want to be looking at okay. the time of need. When you say the resources or adding to that library, whose cards are you taking? Like who are those people that you're meeting that you're adding um, to that library? Yeah. So I'm, I'm always looking for, um, integrity in people and people that really care, right? You can be an expert in your field, but of course I'm looking for the expertise, but I want to know that you truly care as well. So, you know, the realtor, the financial planner, um, it might be a community organization or resource, someone that makes your meals in your own home, for example, um, who else would be your property manager? Because at some point in time, you know, for a period of time, as people try to stay at home longer, they start to outsource things, right? Now they have someone to do their garden. Now they have someone to do their, as I say, meal planning. Now they have someone to, who's maybe going to be driving them on occasion, right? So it's to start to listen to, okay, what do you do? And to understand that. And, 
you know, pay attention to how you feel with that person and try to learn a little bit more about them because that's what you will be relying on. You will be relying on them. And I always say, you know, at the end of the day, you could have a physician who was top of their class, right? And is like phenomenal in their area of specialization. But if they have zero bedside manner or they can't relate to you as a human being, you know, that that matters and that might Im- impact how you actually interact and benefit from that relationship mm-hmm. and that counsel. So we need to have both. So when I'm looking for resources, I, I who, who could I trust? Right? Who's integrity? Who knows their stuff? And I think would would be there for me if I needed it. You mentioned that we are living much longer, mm. like much longer. So people have to plan financially that whatever oh, yeah. they thought was going to get them for 10, 15 years could be lasting them 20, 25 years. Yeah. That's, that's, that can bring a lot of people anxiety right there. Absolutely. So your financial planner, right? Whenever I'm working with someone, one of the first questions I ask is, do, do you have a financial planner? Right. And have you been talking about this eventuality? Because we're usually we're looking at the next move and can they afford it? Right. We're looking at the options available to them. Can they afford it? And I said, you know what? This is probably a good time to bring your financial planner into the conversation. And I recently had this wonderful 93 year old woman. OK. Yeah. And widowed twice. And she was in a rental and she's just starting to have you know, some recurring health aggravations. And it just really underscored her vulnerability. And oh my gosh, how much longer can I keep up like slogging? Now it feels like a slog, right? To get through your through your life. You got to get groceries. You got to get to the doctor. You got to take care of everything else, but you're not feeling as well, as strong. You've got these other things that demand your precious energy. So I like to talk about precious energy too, right? Like where are you putting that? Is it just to try to get through the basics of the day or should we be redirecting it into relationships and things that are going to enhance your life? So she was at a point of saying, oh my gosh, I am exhausted. I'm slogging it out every day. Just keep the, keep the bases going here. Maybe it's time to move, right? So we started our research together and we brought her financial planner into the conversation and, you know, in the final I'm analysis, saying it's pretty good that she went to 93. It's amazing. 93. Like, so she... It's amazing, yeah. right? I, I, I'm already picturing her as like a ball buster, right? Like... Oh, I, <laughs> like, oh I, I see her like that, to- right? Totally yeah. feisty. Mm-hmm. She will tell you all about the, yeah. the board she's still on <laughs> and the membership she's had and very, has an opinion. She's cognitively competent, which is a gift as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but at the end of the day, we came down to two locations, that two retirement communities mm-hmm. we had looked at. And one was, they were both lovely, of course. One was, you know, $1,500 more a month. And it was the financial planner with whom she'd had a relationship of about 24 years, knew the scenario, knew her story. And I think that's the other mm-hmm. thing. Like, who knows your story and who knows you, right? And, you know, the financial planner ran the numbers and said, okay, well, if you go to option A, right? The more expensive one, you will be out of money by the time you're 99. Now, if you go with option B, you will be out of money by the time you're 105. And she's like, "Hmm, do I think I'm going to make it to 105? Well, I could, right? Like that's a real possibility. And so for her peace of mind, right? Her peace of mind, feeling like she'd been given good advice from people she trusted, she selected option B. And she's very happy there. Right. You talked earlier about isolation, Mm -hmm. which is a huge driver for a lot of people, especially if they lose a partner 
or if they're just not getting out anymore. So isolation is a huge thing. So for her, you know, I look at her, we found her a super sweet spot with a little balcony, uh, lots of bright light. We, Leanne, we recreated her home in, in the retirement community, right? So we packed her all up the one day, took it all over, set it all up. And she came in that afternoon. And this is like our reward. She's like, oh, this is like home. It's like, yes, like we nailed it. Yeah, right. Right. Because that's what we're listening for. And she comes and she goes, oh, this is just like home. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? Right. But, you know, everyone has to come to it in their own time. And I, she certainly is a good example of that because mm -hmm. I know she'd been thinking about it and it was, you know, the loss of her second husband, changing health, and she did not want to go so far along the line that she didn't have choices anymore, right? We talked about her feistiness, her resilience, her determination. So I think she made a perfectly timed decision to move when she did, and it was just finding the right spot and making it happen. How often yeah. have you dealt with situations, though, where it's... It's years past the due date of when they should have, right? And then, and you walk into a home, and self care has really diminished mm -hmm. uh, the way that they're able to care for the home, the isolation, the imprisonment yeah. that they felt. That that you've seen the opposite end, where they they didn't have the time to right to enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the extension marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. So often, right? And mm -hmm. it's usually the adult children that engage us then. And mm -hmm. they're looking for help because they're feeling the stress. They are so worried. But when that older adult gets far enough along um, kind of that health spectrum, they become more afraid and they push back a little bit as well. And so it's sometimes harder to deal with them because they don't want change. They just want to sit right here right now because they're already feeling vulnerable. Right. So. You know, we just have a case like that right now, right? 89, 86, the son and his siblings have tried really, really hard to try to move them forward. And there's, you know, there's a whole story behind it, of course. They're really not thriving. Their plan is to wait for something to happen, right? Their plan is to let the crises happen right now and everyone else can come in and, and kind of deal with and it. And fix it once. Right? Yes. But the kids are like, well, that doesn't have to be your plan, though, right? And, and they don't want that as their plan. They don't want to have Well, then that. it's just adding all the anxiety and stress oh, on them also and, and, and dealing with the event. Right. And then having to do yeah. everything else. Yeah. So that's the risk, right? And so I think the big thing is the education, right? And so we have another client, 93-year-old gentleman, two daughters, uh, he's hesitant to move, but he's willing, he's open-minded enough to, to go and get educated. So we really framed it that way. And we said, you know what, when's the last time you're in a retirement home? It's like, oh, I think it was like 20 years ago. It's like, well, they've changed, right? Let's go explore. Let's just go check it out. And then you can give us some feedback and tell us what you think, 
right? And you know what? You see it in their faces when they're like, oh, looking around and they see other people talking, they see people doing things. The meal issue is a huge thing. It's right now he's warm. Now he's like, well, I kind of like that suite that we saw, right? And the, and the daughters, you know, they're so fantastic because they're just trying to give him the room to make the, the choices and decisions and gently nudging and encouraging. And he's getting there, right? But it was the education. You don't know what you don't know, right? And how much more do we need to educate? Because it's the mi- mindset of, no, I was there 20 years ago and it, it, felt, like a, it felt like a dungeon, right? right? How... How has the transformation happened for these retirement living centers, knowing that, and they've known this for quite some time, that right. there was going to be a massive influx of of baby boomers and other people that yeah. needed somewhere to go yeah, and creating this lifestyle for them. Yeah. So you, great word, right? Lifestyle. They, I would say they are a combination now of lifestyle and care, right? Okay. We've got this age, the age in place. We've all heard that phrase. We want to age in place. So they've just really tried to respond to that request. And we have independent living, which you can live very happily, independently, autonomously, come and go as you want uh, for a period of time, right? And then if your health changes, you know, you don't have to move, you might just access a different level of service, right? So they've built in additional services. So, you know, they're they're responding to give people options to move when it is in their best interest to move, as opposed to waiting, right, until a crisis, but to move when they can still enjoy life, when there's still quality of life and they can still have control. So, you know, that's not all retirement homes are equal. Mm-hmm. They're certainly different because they're still private, Right. They're nowhere in the public domain. So it's up to the individual to become informed about, okay, well, what does that place offer and how does this place work? And and so that that's where the the advanced legwork is helpful. Or, you know, we have this whole elder care industry emerging, of which I'm part of. Right. That is trying to help people, you know. Uh, analyze all of these new options and different options now to find the right fit. So I'm, I'm, I hate to put this spin on it, but I Mm. need to ask the question. You're dealing with people who have, I'm going to say have planned, right? That Mm -hmm. the fact that they know of your services and are having this dialogue or have family members there, there is an income, there is a, there is financial backing, right? What happens and what is happening to those that haven't planned for it, mm. that don't have the means, how and what is happening to them? Are they getting lost in the system? Like, where do they go? Uh, I would say... Is that a fair question it, to ask? To- because It's just a hard question to answer yes. because our system is in flux, right? Okay. We know that. We know that our community health system is changing, like right now, changing again. It was, we had the CCACs for a while, then we have the LINs, now we have Ontario health teams coming in, and it's just always evolving. So it's not always dependable or reliable in terms of what you're going to get when you need it, right? So I always say, get what you can get, right? But um, so if, if that falls through, right, is it a longer prolonged stay in a hospital? You know, depending on the level of crises or acuteness of the situation, you may have to stay in hospital for a prolonged period of time, continue to receive care there, although they're, they're very anxious to move you along mm-hmm. as well, or you're being discharged home, right? You're being discharged home, which puts typically family into a scramble, 
right? Or it's putting, if there, if there is a spouse or someone else living in the home, all of a sudden they have that burden of care, which is very, is significant for, if you think about it, an older adult taking care of another older adult, they may both have issues. I mean, it's, it's, you, they live at risk because it is a term and a phrase that's used as well. You know, they're, they're living there, but they're living at risk and it's just tough, right? Every day is a survival day for a lot of those people until... Which is not worth it when you've looked to be able to have longevity and feel good and then the longevity is not enjoyed. Right. Well, it's, it's just, it's not what you want. It's not what you want as an older person, right, who's worked hard all their life. You've made your contributions. You've maybe been a supportive family member, spelled all of those other relationships that you have, it's not that if family can't be there or if family's not there, it's not because they don't want to be there. It's maybe because they can't be there, right? We, we talk about the caregiver squeeze and sandwich generations. I mean, there's a lot of juggling of responsibility. And so people are, are surviving day by day until, you know, that crisis happens that makes them eligible to go into public care, right? So... That's typically what will happen in those scenarios, right? So I do have the benefit of working with people who have tend to have more choices and options Mm -hmm. because they've had either the supportive career to get them there or they've been very practical in terms of their planning for this, right? Uh, My message, you know, I'm always talking about health promotion starts day one, but like and, and you're never too old to start with health promotion, but I really feel strongly about like today, my obligation as a 40 something is to take care of myself. Right. And I do this by, you know, is it exercise, is it nutrition, is it spirituality, is it uh, giving to others? Is it, I don't know, because I'm looking down the road, Leanne, and I'm thinking, you know, if I should be so fortunate to grow old, I want to be as autonomous and independent for as long as possible. We know that lifestyle choices are a huge determination determinant in terms of how we are going to age. I can control half of those, right? They're my choices. And so there's a, there's a whole obviously cohort of people that, you know, don't have that benefit right now because they're already there. And it's up to us as a community to look to how we can support them. Right. To pay attention to the neighbor, to our loved ones, to have conversations about, you know, you know, let's talk about longevity. Let's talk about what you want moving forward. Let's talk about when's going to be the right time to move or if we need to bring someone in here. Let's talk about what my role is going to be and just try, try to normalize it. I'm, you know, no, well, uh, it's a huge, I'm all over it, the place. No, no, but like, no, but it's a huge part. I mean, yeah. and I think the education, right, is, is. A big part of it also. Have you gotten to the point where you've seen individuals though and have been able to educate them on if you do this, if you do go for these walks every day, if you do move and have functional movement and are practicing getting up and sitting down and and, and eating different or have, have you seen it make the difference though in the choices that they're going to be making? Uh, absolutely. So we always have to remember that it's usually when you're, when you're giving those messages and I used to run a course called 60 plus in aging, well, health and wellness fundamentals. And I loved it. And we had to repeat that 
60 plus and aging well health and wellness fundamentals. Okay. And we would bring in guest speakers from different aspects of well-being, right? So experts. We had neuropsychologists for the brain. We had uh, RDs um, for nutrition, registered dietitians for nutrition. We had the ex the exercise component, when the spirituality. Anyway, you had it covered. This we is great. Had, it yes. was so awesome. I really enjoyed it uh, in delivering it, and. It, I still see some of the students that participate in that, but they are the converted, right? So the people that tend to, to take up that information and implement it are those that are already converted. So it, the challenge lies with those that need more encouragement, more nudges. Uh, who's that going to come from? And so that's, you know, where does that come from? That's what's so hard, right? Because there's a whole group of people that are like that, mm -hmm. that just don't do it as easily as some other people or don't have the same drive or desire. And, uh, but anyway, um, does it come to them? Have you seen people enter into these environments, enter into these retirement homes or this care and been around? So living in isolation or feeling imprisoned where they were mm -hmm. and coming into a different environment where people are eating different, doing physical activity, uh, interacting. So it's a new world. Brain, like, yeah. Have you seen almost like a shift, like they're almost like aging in reverse once they get into a, mm. a system where they're now living a different type of life? I'd say once they get past the, and, I, and shock is too strong a word, but once they get past <laughs> the reality check that, oh my gosh, I am here now. And there are, there's some adjustment, right? Because now you have a more structured schedule, which... People didn't live, you know, didn't have to follow a, a meal plan or a schedule mm -hmm. before. So I know that there's some shifting and readjusting and that kind of thing. However, once that proverbial dust settles, once they've made a few connections with people, you know, it's like they have breathed new life into their life because they have people to talk to, right? They found, have found something in common. They can go and participate in activities if they want to. Right. And all of a sudden it's just, ah, oh, you know, I was working so hard before, right? I wasn't, I ate the same thing all the time because I had no motivation to cook for anyone. You know, there's only me mm. to cook for, right? And so all of a sudden they, they are enjoying life a little bit more and they're feeling more secure and safe. And so I don't know, are they, are they aging in reverse? Well, I don't know about that, but there's certainly you know, finding more quality of life and joy mm -hmm. in their life because they made this change. Now, for some people, you know, I can't say it's like that for everyone. Realistically, there's a group of people that find it very, very difficult to adjust. And I think those are the ones that, you know, maybe they rushed into it. Maybe they went in more blindly. They didn't have the education or the research before, and they just kind of went and did it without maybe some advice or counsel or direction on that. So, you know, and grief is always a really important component too. If they've had to make this move because they've lost someone, there's like, like two double main, whammy. Exactly. There's two major changes, but. Hmm. Hmm. When should we start thinking about this? I mean, I know we should start thinking about this in our twenties and thirties when we're looking at our health choices. Right. Mm -hmm. But when, does the dialogue start to even know what's out there to say, how long do we anticipate wanting to stay in our home? Mm -hmm. If we were to look, where are we looking? Right. Where are the environments? Like, is there like a, 
a sweet spot for age or where you are in life that you find is the best right. time? Great question. Um, so everyone's different, right? Mm -hmm. We can have 80 year olds that are like 60 and 60 year olds that are like 80 already. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's different for everyone. So you have to kind of have a self check in and see how you're managing and faring. Uh, but I would say, you know, if you start to think about it, so let's say you're a well senior and you just start having these thoughts and thinking about it, it's probably a sign that you should be investigating. Right, whether it's because you've had a health scare, you've lost someone close to you, uh, and or you're looking ahead. You know, my mom, for example, 79. Right, she's in good health. She lives on her own. She does all of her gardens. She takes care of, has a great social mm -hmm. life, and uh, we've talked about it in the sense of because she obviously knows she knows what I do, and I have lots of stories to share with her, and she's always very interested. And I said, you know, what, what about you? When do you think? She says, you know. If everything goes okay, like the same as it is today, when I'm 85, I think that makes sense because I still want to move when I'm in, have control. I still want to make the decisions in, ter in terms of disbursement of some items and I want to enjoy my life yet, right? So for her, her sweet spot is, you know, she's good. Um, her, she's aging. It's, it's obvious in some ways, right? I don't always see her all the time. So sometimes it's more apparent to me if there's been a period of time I haven't seen her and then I go, Oh, she seems to be a little bit smaller or <laughs> things are slowing down or she told she, me that three times. Yeah. Already, she yes. told me that story a few yeah. times now, which is fine. Right. But I think, you know, whether it's a child that has some of that is making some of those observations, uh, and is concerned and just starts the dialogue before something happens, right? Or the individual, uh, if you're even thinking about it a little bit, like, hmm, I wonder when I should start thinking about it. That's probably the good time mm -hmm. to go, right? I remember in, in reading some of the material that you had and, and looking on the website, and we, we talked about the sandwich generation, but the pressure that's coming in on people when they're having to look at relocation or something has happened or that life event has happened and people are having to take vacation or having to take time off work to be able to go and do this work, which is as equally exhausting, exhausting. even probably more so physical yeah. and mental exhaustion, and then having to return to work and then you know going back to work. Exhausted. Exhausted yeah. uh, and emotionally drained. And so how... I'm, How does this work? Right? I am Be so glad you asked that question and, and you're thinking about that because I just think that whole workplace, workplace legislation, support for aging parents, for the caregiver, that there has to be some innovation and groundwork done on that because I, I see it all the time. I just, I'm smiling because I just had a client who whose daughter took a week off work, vacation time to come and help her parents get ready for this move, right? So, because kids want to participate, mm -hmm. right? They want they want to give back to their parents. This is a way that they see that they can give back in a meaningful fashion that makes a real difference. But when I was talking to her on the side, you know, she's like, oh, you know, she has a demanding job because I, you know, like to ask people what they do and, mm -hmm. and learn about them as well. And so she was telling me about her, her career and she's taken a, a week of vacation to come and do this. And she's like, I am exhausted. And I know the workload she's going back to. And I'm just like, hmm, you know, this is not right because the system wants families to step in and do the work. 
right? As opposed to the system provide, but we're not supporting them. We're not giving them the time, the education, the expertise. So we're just, we're so it's almost like parental leave in reverse. Yes. Is that something that we could see develop that people are given time off to be able to care for or to be able to help short term with things like a relocation or, or a a life changing event without being penalized? Right. So we have we do have legislation for palliative end of life situations, but we don't have anything yet for these kinds of transitional moments or help temporary health crises mm-hmm. even in an in a, in a parent's life. And you know, I I think that would be just um, groundbreaking. I think it would be great social leadership for Ontario to do, for Canada to do, looking at our aging population. Like this, the numbers, as you said, off the top are mm-hmm. staggering, right? By 2031, 25% of Canadians will be 65 or older. Like it, it's here. So it makes sense to me we would have some kind of supportive legislation around that. Um, the workplace, uh, we have some leaders right now in our workplaces that are are making time for the topic of elder care. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have EAP programs, right? Employee assistance programs where they bring in experts on addiction, marriage breakdown, um, mental health, like all of that's happening. And we're working really hard to try to carve out a space for elder care because it's on people's minds and they're thinking about it even when they're at work. What do you think elder care stands for? Like what would fall under the Mm. umbrella of elder care? Wow, there's there's so much. So it can be, you know, making appointments, following up with clinicians, being a part of that discussion with your parent and the clinician as you're sort of taking getting a state of the union, like what's really happening here? I need to make time to go and understand where my parents at. So it might be giving time to go and participate in those conversations. And then the time needed to put a plan of care in place. Like we talked about some of the resources people need. Like it takes time to track down those people, to coordinate all the services that are going to be coming in, to make sure that initial introduction happens, that your parent's comfortable, that there's clarity in terms of what is supposed to be mm-hmm. done here and not done here. This is important to clarify sometimes. Uh, so I would see uh, something like that falling under elder care. Um you know, if your parent goes through, has a health crisis, right, has a stroke, they're in hospital, you know, and you get the message, your mom is going to be discharged next Tuesday. She needs a place. How many phone calls do we get like that? Okay, I've just been told by the discharge planner that mom's being discharged next week. Like, we don't know where to go. Time off to deal with that would be brilliant. That was one of my questions. Second one I had is because I remember it's... God, I've done so many thousands of interviews when I was working yeah. on this show, but I remember doing like the 55 plus or one of these yeah. big shows. Um, and there was almost like this, like traveling home, like then on it had like the dental hygienist, the doctor, the pharmacist, like it had like, it was like a traveling mobile clinic almost okay. that was yes. like traveling to people's homes, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like, so I find because it's such a big market now, mm-hmm. people are trying to figure out ways to be able to, to, to deliver get, their to, services, to, to deliver their services. Yeah. Right. As you were mentioning, we can't always get to the doctor's appointment or get them to where it's so I, there's like these mobile services that are coming on. And there are these mobile services that are coming on to these 
stage home, like these coach homes or what are they called? Like where there's That's like right. in the backyard, there's exactly. like this little, yes. you know, a, a little Cinderella castle, you know, it's <laughs> just built. connected by the, the, the power lines, right? Yes, you're drawing like, off the so, and I've seen them now, like I've yeah. seen it, you can see someone's home and then in the back you can see this little kind of so miniature house. So people are, are trying to be as creative yeah. that, you know, the parents are there, but they're outside of the house but they're like 10 feet away yeah you know like there are i find people are trying to be creative as to how they're going to be doing this do you absolutely so is that what they're called yeah they are called coach homes coach homes okay yeah Yeah, you're right so which is it you know i talked off off the top about possibilities right right there are great possibilities out there and so this whole elder care industry is emerging it's it's not mature yet but it's moving definitely in that direction and people are being creative right you can have your dentist your dentist treatments done in the home you can have the law- lawyers are, are starting to realize that oh I, I should be making the commitment to go see my mm-hmm. clients as opposed to asking them to come here find parking walk are, really are you kidding you, can, you can't be asking that this day and age it's not realistic um, so I, I'm, I'm really encouraged about our ability as a community, right? Again, I go mm-hmm. back to this idea of a community, whether it's our neighbors, whether it's our professional community to stop, pay attention and say, okay, you know, who are the people around us, right? Who am I here to serve? What are their limitations? How can I kind of recreate or tweak something to better serve them? And then it's up to us or the older, the aging adult and their family is to equally pay attention and say, okay, who are you and what do you provide and how could that possibly help me stay at home longer Mm -hmm. or transfer some of the responsibility that I've, you know, I've just suddenly just sort of naturally landed on my children's shoulders and maybe I need to bring that back here and you could help me with that, right? So I think, you know, about building that library again, Who's out there? What are they doing? How how would they fit into my plan? Um, it's part of our duty if we're going to be growing old. How much do you foresee your job changing? Like how, you know, it's evolved so much already Yeah. Uh, in the last number of years. Like where, can you look ahead in a glass? <laughs> oh, how, <laughs> in a crystal I ball wish and I what, could. I and wish what I do could. you see? Um, well, I definitely see the relocation and downsizing. That's just going to continue, right? Is there two stages to the downsizing? Like going one from the big home down to like the bungalow, you know, where there's no well, stairs. And then from that, like... Are, do you suggest stages of downsizing rather than... Yeah, you should be going. in this. You're, you've got the vision here. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think it's a great idea to have a couple of downsizes in your life. I mean, short of being unable to part from the family home, and it's usually that emotional mm-hmm. link, if you can and make that first downsize, right? We see people going from the big home Exactly. Right. To the bungalow, to a condo, to a rental. They're, they're Which, by the way, still costs almost the exact same, yes. you know. There's not always the big windfall, right? No, everyone's like, well, yeah. we're downsizing. And it's like, nope, it's almost the exact same price Financially, for you to go. you're just sliding it over here right. and reallocating. So we, but you we, don't think that way. You don't, but, you know, you'll, you'll find yeah. out in short order. Um, so that first downsize makes sense, right? And people can usually do that on their own. They're still able to do that and they'll champion that. Great. It's sort of the next downsize when you're going from there to a much smaller footprint. 
uh, where usually, as I say, I like you say footprint. Okay. Footprint. Nice, nice word. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but they need more help. Right. Or if they skip that middle part and go right down. I mean, I, I talk about upsizing, which is normal for people to do, right? When you're starting out mm. as a younger couple and you're planning your family and now you need more room and now you have an active social life and you want to accommodate all of that, you upsize. That's normal. I'm trying to coach people to think about downsizing as just kind of another normal step. It makes sense to do, right? Um, now, whether or not How difficult is it that. for people to part with things? That are so meaningful. Like there's one thing to have like this home where you raised your family and you spent 30, 40 years in this home, but then material items or memories or like, it's almost a grieving process in itself. It is. It, and grieving that life that you had for so long. It, it, that's exactly it. There's a lot of that that happens. We held this uh, information session in the community a couple of years ago. It was called Letting Go. Because I kept talking to people and they'd say, Jen, you know, I know it's the right thing for me to do. I know I should be, look at my place. It's full. I only live in three rooms now, right? And I have this whole house I'm paying for, but I can't let go. And I kept hearing this and I was like, okay, okay. Everyone's saying this, we need to deal with this, mm -hmm. right? We need to try to address it. So we did host an information session in the, in the community and it, it was full. We had, we had to cut off the registration because there was such an overwhelming response to it because people, it, it is that, that deep emotional connection. Logically, intelligently, we can say, yeah, it makes sense, right? For this reason, this reason, reason, and, I, and list them all off. But to, to make that commitment here to leave and leave, it's not that you are in essence leaving behind some of those memories or mm -hmm. the, the place where memories were created, right? Which is what informed your life and made it meaningful. So I, I really get that. Uh, and it's just to help to the best of our ability to help people through that and give them a chance to grieve and give them a chance to reminisce. And I always say, you know, your precious treasures, you're taking those with you. You don't have to leave those behind. Right. So it's a question of identifying what is a precious treasure? Like what really is a treasure to you? And what is a, oh, I've got a, a great memory, but I don't really, it's not a treasure to me. Yeah. My kids gave this to me when, you know, grade yeah. eight or whatever. And, and something <laughs> the, like the, the, the kindergarten ashtray, right? And, and, example, <laughs> and that is no word of a lie, right? They, they and we're aging everything. ourselves that we used to totally. make, uh, you know, like the, yeah, the ceramic uh, ashtrays. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> But, Good old eighties. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Um, but it's, you know, that's a real part of it. And to, it's just taking the time. And, and that's in part why I do enjoy my job so much because at, at some point in time in the spectrum of service, we may be going through that downsize with someone. And I recently had a gentleman, and this is what makes it such a joy too, right? To work in this field is I had a gentleman who was a spy for the military. And he's telling me all of these great, like, it's not confidential anymore, <laughs> yeah, right? It's all right. good. And he's like, well, you know what I was, Jennifer? And it's like, well, I don't. No, tell me. Tell yeah. me about your career. Tell me what you did. He goes, well, I was a spy. I'm like, really? Well, what does a spy, what did a spy do? What did a spy like you do? And then he was pulling out different things and showing it to me. And I'd say, yeah, and it was just the chance to share one more time or talk about it. And sometimes to have someone else hear it for a first time and mm -hmm. give them that 
wow factor. Because sometimes children are like, yeah, oh, yeah we know gosh, this story. God, I've heard this. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. We've heard this one a you know, hundred times before. So I think maybe some of our value as well is to be able to hear the story, you know, acknowledge it for how imp- impressive and incredible it is because it's worn a little thin on the family. I understand that. But for me, I'm like, oh, new face. You know, this is our time together. Sometimes I see my clients off afterwards, not always, but for that moment, we really get to like, wow. And then it's like, well, is this something you should be taking with you? That sounds pretty important. Mm, nah, it's okay. But they needed to say it, right? Mm. And other times it will be, or I'll say to them, uh, I think that's a treasure. Isn't this the story you just shared with me about this? That's pretty important, isn't it? And I'll go, yeah, maybe I should. And I have had people say, where they have really gone to town in their downsizing and they've just given a whole lot of stuff away that they probably shouldn't have, right? And they did have regret after. So they they do sometimes get caught up in the, in I'm going to downsize, you know, by the end of this day, this room's going to be empty or whatever it is. So they get really caught up in that objective that sometimes they've cut a little bit too deep. So... It's trying to be bring the humanity into it. Yeah, you know, we have a job we have to do. We we have an objective we have to reach. We know that. Uh, however, let's not forget of, of the person behind all of this, right? And let's just be careful with what we do. So it's not perfect, and um, you know, I, I'll often say there'll probably be one or two things that are going to be sacrificed unintentionally in this Mm -hmm. process. Um, But we're going to do the best that we can to make sure that, you know, we pay attention. Does it help though when there's family there to be able to take some of the items or to be able to hold on? Or if it's the second guessing to say, listen, we'll we'll take it and we'll store it or. Yes. Uh, I think it does help. I would think then there's still people around. It's not that they're that. Sometimes is it coming to you as a last resort? Uh, Yes, to all of the above. Yeah. Right. So sometimes uh, it's definitely helpful to have family that will come and take some of those things. Right. And, you know, some of them will just take it and then they will move it along themselves. Right. Or they'll keep a few things. The bulk of it, they themselves will make the decision on and move it along. And that's okay. That's acceptable. I think it is hard for a parent when children come along and they don't want anything. Right. It's like, I don't want any of this stuff. I've got no room. You know, we need to be gentle with each other. So whether you take it and then you just kind of move it along subsequently, it's helpful. Right. It's helpful. Um, hmm. Hmm. So let's kind of go through the process. Where where does the decision start? I mean, I have, I have yet to actually do a will. So I'm already like a thousand times behind the eight ball. <laughs> you better fit on that. Oh, trust me. Trust me. It's not, it doesn't, it's not going over very well. Right. But you know, what would be, if you can go your top five mm-hmm. as, as we're kind of, kind of wrapping up, what would be like your top five steps that you recommend for either individuals that are trying to do this on their own right? Uh, for families who are taking charge 
what's the top five checklist mm -hmm. that you want people to consider? Um, just have the initial conversation, right? Tell somebody that you're thinking about this. You're just kind of playing around with the idea that mm, maybe this is the right time to downsize. What do you think? You think this is right? Just get some feedback, right? Or the endorsement to keep going and the encouragement to keep going. I'd go talk to your financial planner, let them know what your intentions are and have them run some so, scenarios for you. Okay. So even if you're looking, you're in the home and you're looking at retirement homes, uh, you're yeah. then having that discussion. Yeah, what's the time condo, frame? What's the cost? Rent, okay. Whether it's a retirement community, it's like if, if they're moving out of a home and they have that asset, those assets will go towards mm -hmm. funding their future care and lifestyle. Um, if they don't, then it's to look at what resources they do have available, right? And to know your numbers, right? From that point, you can start an active search, right? So you might reach out to, you might do it on your own. You might reach out to an, an organization like ours to help you through that process. If you don't feel that you're in a position to do that. Uh, and then you can start to look at realistic options, realistic from the point of view that you can afford it. Mm -hmm. So from there, then you, then you're going to, da to, um, uh, you're going to kind of shortlist your, your top options or choices. You're going to verify availability. You're going to start to think about move, moving times. And then you're going to start your, you're going to develop a, a downsizing plan or a purging plan and start to get, some people will do, will just do that anyway. In the course of the process, you can really start that at any time because mm -hmm. there's always low hanging fruit. I always say, start with the low hanging fruit, which you know, for sure, just get rid of it, start to make some space so you can see the rest of your stuff. Uh, so some people will start that earlier, but, you know, uh, oftentimes it's like, okay, we know where we're going to go. Now we have to get there. So they'll, they'll start that purging. Um, there's a, there's a, um, a pre-sale downsize typically if there's a house involved, right? We need to do that pre-sale downsize stage, sell. So you have to have a realtor in there somewhere as, as well as one of your resources. And then your post stage and your move and resettlement. Okay. So... The one thing that I was thinking about as you were mm. mentioning all this, because I'm still in my head thinking that we are living much longer, there could be a time when we're dealing with two, an elder, their children, mm. both of age mm. to be in elder care, mm. right? Because if you have, yeah. as we're living to 102, 103, 100, right? Like yeah. you're having those that would have then children that are in their yes. 80s. Exactly. You, yes. you know, are we, like there is mm. just so much that lays ahead for where our society is going, mm -hmm. that we could be seeing a gen two generations in this. Great observation. Yeah. It's a great observation. And I think, you know, coming back to this idea of community, because for so many decades, we really, I sometimes say we overvalued independence, being autonomous. I make the decisions. I control my own life. You do your thing. I'll do my thing. I'm independent. Mm -hmm. Great to be independent. I, I, Totally get that. However, I think we almost went to an extreme on that and we need to come back as family units. We need to come back as communities because we are going to have an awful lot of people who need help. And it, there could be two generations ahead of us. So, you know, the nephews, the nieces, so we need to realize that this is coming. We need to start paying attention and thinking about Who's, who's counting on me? Who is counting on me? Who's going to need me? And there's lots of fantastic stories about people stepping up. And I think we can do a great job of helping people respond. And at least there's a mediator in there in terms of if the family is feeling this 
the discussion needs to be had and it's difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. There's organizations like yours that absolutely that yeah. come in and <laughs> yeah, it feels great. And there's a definite role mm-hmm. for that neutral, impartial, independent voice kind of like the voice of reason, just kind of get rid of the clutter and the noise and say, okay, what really matters mm-hmm. here? Right. And let's, you know, absolutely mediation at, a, at its best. So, yeah. yeah. It's funny when we think mediation, right? It's just how many different aspects of our life. It's great to have someone there for us. Right. Where can people go for more information or if they've got questions or even if, mm-hmm. you know, this triggered a thought or triggered yeah. a process that maybe had taken a while to start, where should they go? Yeah. They can always call us. Of course, I'd love to, to chat with them. That's 613-277-6449, direct line, or www.agewellsolutions.ca. Talk to a family physician. Talk to your community resource center. Talk to your neighbor. They may have uh, other ideas as mm-hmm. well, but I think it's start a dialogue. At the end of the day is sort of the message uh, with, with people that care and can help. Well, it was really eye-opening to see what is there and, and, and what could lay ahead. And, and I hope people also just take into consideration the health aspect of right. being able to enjoy yes. aging gracefully and, and having the opportunity to age. Yeah, that some, uh, the, As you mentioned, that some didn't have the opportunity to do. Yeah. All right, that is a wrap on Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. We will eventually get to that phone because someone is definitely trying to, <laughs> trying to reach us here. Um, and as always, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, let your friends know that this podcast exists and there's some great inf- information to be had. Jennifer, a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap on Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.